0: Everyone, welcome to the Charvak podcast. This is your host Kushal Mehra. All right, today's podcast is about uh, there have been a recent uh, 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 turn of events uh, in India. It all starts from the British uh, broadcasting corporation Arthat, the BBC, uh, that released, uh, uh, I don't know what to call it. Should I call it a documentary or a report or whatever they want to call it? I mean, it was just weird, whatever they did. Um, But They released uh, this uh, particular uh, piece of content and that led to a series of events. So I reached out to Kanchan Dada and I requested him that I wanted to talk to you about this, about what the BBC has done and what the response has been from the government of India at large. And Dada has always been very kind to me. He never says no to me. So Dada, thank you very much.
1: Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you, Kushal, for having me.
0: So Dada, let's start over here. What do you make of this whole idea of uh, the BBC? Like 2002, May, uh, there were these unfortunate riots in, in the state of Gujarat in India. And after that, uh, the judicial process has been pretty much done and dusted as far as India is concerned what did you make of the whole thing itself when you when we heard about the news of the bbc has come up with this documentary all of a sudden like what do, if i was to come and ask you what is happening how would you narrate it uh,
1: kushal some background uh, on this uh, the government knew about uh, the documentary what the bbc calls a documentary because uh, it, it, it lacks documentation or at least credible documentation uh, we were aware of it about two months ago before it was actually aired uh, BBC had got in touch with the government uh, asking the government to to sort of you know uh, come and join the conversation give a comment uh, give, our government uh, version to them and uh, this of course was not uh, done it was not done for two good reasons one uh, it would be totally uh, mind-blowing and mindless to go and give a comment to a to a to the producers of a show of which you knew nothing I mean you didn't know what what would the contents be what would be the storyline? What would be the uh, uh, conclusion uh, as presented by them? So, of course, they were told that, uh, sorry, but uh, we are not going to comment on it. Uh, number two, uh, in the past, uh, the government's experience has been that you give an explanatory statement and you sort of try and contextualize everything and you and you, and you give uh, factual details. But uh, foreign media, and this is not unique to BBC alone, but uh, foreign media, and I think I have discussed this with you earlier, uh, foreign media has a tendency uh, not to sort of use what you tell them. So they will, they will have their say in 99 paragraphs. And in the hundredth paragraph, they will make, take one stray statement from what you have said, which, which actually the way it is taken out of context and the way manner in which it is presented, uh, it would uh, it would seem that uh, the government agrees with what you are saying, or the government looks utterly stupid for saying what it is saying. So that was denied. So it didn't come as a surprise. Uh, the long and short of it is that by the time the uh, documentary was aired, it, it didn't come as a surprise to us. Uh, we were quite prepared uh, for what was coming.
0: So w- when they reach out uh, for uh, comments let's say, any platform, is it like the standard procedure where they just shoot an email to the respective authority that we are coming up with this, this, this and would you like to give a quote or something of that sort? Was that basically what they did? Yes, that is what they did.
1: Uh, They they did uh, contact uh, our High Commission in London and said that we are planning this. uh, So, what do you have to say? We will be happy to uh, record you, but there is no commitment given by anybody by any foreign media uh, that they would actually use your version of events or your statement, which clarifies the uh, the uh, any point any 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 dispute disputed point or a clarification which sort of contextualizes that, like you said, the riots of 2002, the riots of 2002 did not happen in a vacuum. There was a particular context to those riots. And uh, uh, the subsequent follow-up action was unique because it was the first time that uh, trials were actually held and and, and and people who were complicit in the violence were uh, uh, sentenced to various uh, kinds of punishment. I mean, even a minister was uh, uh, sort of uh, prosecuted and, and, and sentenced. So this, has, this is something which has never happened before. I mean, you you name any of the big riots in India, whether it is the Nelly massacre for which nobody was punished. And in fact, the, the person who was actually or should be held morally guilty for the Nelly massacre was uh, the then Prime Minister Indira Gandhi. Nobody was ever prosecuted and punished for the ghastly uh, massacre of Sikhs in Delhi after Indira Gandhi's assassination. And I could go on and on and on the Malayana massacre. the uh, and, and and there are numerous such riots which have happened in the past, in, in, including in Gujarat. And uh, therefore, all these things which could be could have been told to them, which could have been explained to them, but it would have been futile because they would have still gone ahead and said what they said they would have still gone ahead and shown what they did Um, and uh, they would have you know maybe used a stray sentence here or a stray sentence there which would have made made the government look really really stupid
0: what I find very interesting is that, uh, in fact, somebody on Twitter had shared this clip also. I think the handle was the Hawkeye. Yeah, the Hawkeye, where Karan Thapar was also trying, you know, uh, in an interview with Jack Straw. And he was, you know, he was feeding like certain words. Eh? I don't know if I play that clip, they will copy strike me and unnecessarily I will have to remove it. That's why I'm not playing that clip right now. Otherwise, I would have played it for you. I don't know if uh, the wire will copy strike me. They should not, but uh, I wish I could play it. But it was very interesting Like when Karan sapper was also talking with uh, Jack Straw, you know, all he said that this so-called UK report apparently is based on like allegations and beliefs and views and uh, i mean but if if you ask them like okay where is the hard evidence like do you have anything is there anything legally tenable they all just raise their hands and say no nothing is there
1: well when you refer to karam thapa's interview with jack straw um, uh, you are right uh, the, the his all his questions were leading questions yeah that uh, uh, But wouldn't you agree uh, morning follows the night? Uh, Wouldn't you agree that uh, the sun sets in the evening? That that kind of questions. Uh, But, um, you know, that said, what happened? What happened was that the British High Commission in Delhi had deputed a, a young callow officer of the High Commission to go to Gujarat and report on it. Now, that person did not know anything about gujarat he possibly even wouldn't have been able to locate gujarat in the map of india Uh, and subsequently the british high commission had tried to sort of share its uh, quote-unquote report with other eu uh, missions in delhi and the government of india at that time the foreign secretary was deputed and a couple it was Kamal Sibyl who was the foreign secretary. And Kamal Sibyl really took them to task, saying that you have no business interfering in the country's uh, local processes, politics, and uh, and, 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 and um, uh, the manner in which you have gone about is uh, unacceptable. It was a very strong statement, and I think Kamal Sibyl uh, did refer to it uh, when when the when the so-called documentary was aired. Now, Jack Straw refers to that, and then he goes on to say, oh, well, you know, at that point of time, everybody was talking about it. Well, you know, at that point point of time, it was believed that this happened. Oh, uh, you know, that was, uh, we heard this, we heard that. Now that is not, that is not substantive reportage. Uh, Apart from the fact uh, that a foreign mission cannot, no foreign mission can begin uh, investigating uh, events and incidents on foreign soil, the the High Commission of India in London uh, would take note of something which, uh, for instance, the Leicester violence in which uh, Pakistani origin Muslim gangs went after the Hindus. Um, they would take note of it. They would. We would protest it. We would draw the attention of the British government uh, to what has happened. But we would not say that you know we went and investigated and here is our report of how the police did not help the Hindus of Leicester, or this is how the local authorities of Leicester failed the Hindus. Uh, we would. Uh, we would not do that. And uh, you know. Uh, Uh, There are there have been certain very unfortunate incidents happening in Melbourne, for instance. Uh, The uh, the Indian High Commission in Australia um, has been in consultation with Australian authorities, uh, but we haven't sort of gone ahead and said, "Okay, here is our report of what what is happening or for that matter in Canada, where you are right now. the the there have been other inst- uh, incidents which are linked to, uh, Khalistani elements over there. So uh, that is not how foreign missions work globally. Uh, our job, a foreign mission's job, is to look after the interests of the country represented by them and their citizens. Uh, beyond that, it is not their remit. Now let me let me take you back to. The time when Ravindra Mahatre, uh, he was uh, uh, he was an officer in the Indian mission in UK, and he was kidnapped by Kashmiri separatists, and uh, at that time there was reason to believe the police did not act in a manner which 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 sort of would have helped possibly rescue him. Uh, despite uh, repeated requests by the Indian High Commission, uh, 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 there was very little help in terms of trying to trace Ravindra Matre uh, uh, and 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 sort of you know uh, go after the kidnappers. Nothing happened, and ultimately, Ravindra Matre uh, uh, was killed. He was killed by the Kashmiri separatists who were camping and uh, who were then based in London. Uh, who were then based in Britain, and uh, we could have issued a report saying that you know this is our investigation, this is what it shows. Shows, but we we never did anything like that. So a, it was wrong of the British High Commission to have done what they did. B, the manner in which Jack Straw then tries to sort of validate that report, uh, that that uh, that uh, so-called so-called inquiry report Uh, so it only only sort of served to raise questions about its credibility and lastly if we shouldn't forget that jack straw is the man who validated the bogus uh, wmd theory weapons of mass destruction theory that paved the the way for uh, uh, the iraq war and the destruction of iraq the destruction of Uh, an entire civilization, a culture, a society, and more importantly, it it sort of uh, set the stage for the rise of something like uh, the Islamic State of uh, Iraq and Syria, ISIS. Uh, And we know what happened subsequently. So why should anybody take Jack Straw or the... uh, so-called uh, report, and definitely the ramblings of uh, uh who who actually uh, revels in uh, anything that sort of paints India in the bleakest of colors. Uh, that that's that's inconsequential entirely.
0: Fair enough, and but uh, wh- what would what do we make of this entire? Um... I don't know what word should I use. I want to be very careful here. Sometimes I want to call it a shenanigan what these people are doing because I don't understand the messaging we get from um, Western governments. On the one hand it is quite clear that all the governments want trade with India. They they are very welcoming to the idea of uh, doing trade with India. And then we can't just ignore the BBC is a state funded media outlet, right? As far as uh, the BBC is concerned, they are a state funded media outlet from the United Kingdom. Now, uh, what kind of a messaging does it send to us from a relationship point of view where you have your state funded outlet uh, they can say what they want to say about the independence of bbc i mean there uh, I, I think shrimoy talukdar today wrote a beautiful uh, uh, detailed piece in the in the first post today and he laid out how uh, bbc has been uh, in fact been uh, regularly called out and exposed uh, for its uh, biases i will highly recommend everybody to go out and uh, read that read that brilliant uh, you know piece by shrimoy but the point is do you think this kind of behavior affects our relationship with these countries?
1: Now, the, 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 there are several questions that you have raised over here. Uh, you see, the, the, let me begin this way. Uh, unfortunately, there is very little appreciation, if any at all, in India about uh, the... Uh, about a new information order which is taking shape globally and uh, this new new information order is going to replace the previous information order which was also called the new information order which was shaped entirely by uh, the west's perspective of the world, the west's perspective of what uh, information should be about and uh, th- this was pre-technology years and UNESCO took the lead and uh, everybody was forced to sort of fall into line. Now with uh, the advent of technology and, and, and the rapid uh, changes uh, in technology and the manner in which technology is now driving information, uh, w- all across the world we we can uh, we are witness to the shaping of a new information order uh, this information order which i am referring to is uh, essentially about narratives and it is it is about who is driving the narrative what is the purpose of that narrative and uh, how various narratives sort of coalesce into one big narrative that then dominates the rest of the world. And again, we see that this is a collaborative project between America and its transatlantic allies. So Europe and America are trying to shape this new information order because they have control over big tech and... and uh, so it's 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 a coalescing of uh, uh, big tech, governments, the deep state, and uh, that's how it's uh, taking shape. And uh, the reportage or the way the, the the world has been informed about the conflict in Ukraine is a very good example of of this uh, emerging new information order. Now, why am I saying this? I'm the the reason is that. Uh, India will be increasingly challenged unless we are able to come up with a counter-narrative that is very strong and that sort of represents not only the way India looks at the world, but the, uh, I would say, the global south looks at the world. And that is why it was important that India take the lead and organize a conference of Global South leaders, uh, which we did recently. That, you know, there there has to be uh, a counter to this um, uh, order, which is taking shape. The government and deep state are two different institutions. Uh, The government's, I mean, political parties that come to power they are there for a particular period of time and then they move on elections happen they will lose the elections another political party comes into power so in a sense governments come and go but the deep state the institutional deep state remains and it it, it sort of i sort of sense it that the global deep state so whether it is in america whether it is in europe they are none too happy about the rise of India, the, the manner in which India is now perceived by the rest of the world and by, by institutions, for instance, the manner in which the IMF looks at, the, at India, the manner in which World Bank looks at India, uh, the, and you referred to uh, governments uh, sort of uh, 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 rewriting their approach to India but somewhere in the background the deep state is uh, is sort of very uneasy with all this happening and there the, related to that i don't think i personally don't think that the established uh, Institutions globally, I mean, you know, the establishment, if you want to call call it that, the global establishment is uh, very uncomfortable with uh, with the rise of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, because Prime Minister Narendra Modi has shown that he can lead a government with a stable uh, majority. He can he can ensure political stability. He can. He speaks from a position of confidence. He speaks with a certain degree of commitment. He commands. He's able to command respect. He's able to uh, sort of uh, 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 deliver where other leaders have delivered, uh, have failed to deliver, uh, and. Uh, they, they they and many may not be very comfortable with such a leader leading india uh, or leading a fifth of the world's humanity uh, they are more at comfort and at ease with uh, 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 um, something like a, a, a upa government where where people uh, are uh, uh, sort of uh, they, they 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 are just not there the government is just not there but it is a squabbling bunch of people uh, who cannot ensure political stability policy stability who cannot deliver on commitments and uh, th- there is a certain percentage attached with a government like that because you can then 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 run circles around that government you can command that government to do your bidding uh, So, one could go on talking about this on and on and on, but the point remains that all this is not accidental, it is not coincidental, whether it is the German state broadcaster, the public uh, broadcaster which is funded by uh, German taxpayers, DW, they suddenly start doing reports which which are totally... You know directed and targeted at the at the government of india and the ruling establishment of india um, which which lacks substance which just takes one stray incident and then builds a narrative and there have been i think two such stories put out by dw which uh, frankly raises questions about the german government's commitment to its relationship with india uh, Similarly, now we have the BBC documentary, uh, which again, but then, you know, the British government says that, yes, they are a public broadcaster, but they operate independently under a royal charter. So there is very little that we can do. Good. So there is very little that you can do, but then there is a lot that we as a country can do and and we should be doing that.
0: So... I actually, because you have spoken about this, about this entire stream of events, which start from the BBC documentary and many other things to, uh, I mean, the absurdity of the statement that, uh, today, uh, I heard, uh, from the mouth of, uh, the Param uh, gyani, uh George Soros. I mean, I, I don't know what... What are they Quote, India is a democracy, but Modi is not. He buys discounted oil from Russia. Modi has to answer on Adani in parliament. This will weaken the Modi government. And he's expecting a democratic revival in India. Like, I, it is all connected because I'm just connecting this. Like, I don't understand what the point was. I mean, what is he trying to say? Okay now you know
1: you have to look at the man who said all this george soros has a has a mile long history and in fact more uh, of acting in the most uh, uh, immoral manner While playing the markets, I mean, he is the man who actually brought down the Bank of England by manipulating the markets. He is the man who who triggered the uh, financial crisis, Southeast Asia financial crisis, by manipulating the markets. So, and and every time, and he has been interviewed uh, extensively on the way he plays the markets. He has said that I am here to make money. I'm, and, and it may be bad, it may be morally wrong, but it's okay with me. I am not impacted. Uh, somebody shared a video today about how, as a Hungarian Jew, uh, I think he was all of fourteen or fifteen at that time, he collaborated with the uh, with the Nazis to to identify fellow Jews whose property would then be seized and they would be transported to concentration camps uh, and ultimately to their death. And he was asked whether he feels remorse about what he did. And he said, no, I mean, I, I, I feel I have no sense of guilt. So this is this is the person that we are talking about. He has no sense of right and wrong. He has no sense of values. He has no sense of uh, morality uh, or ethics. Uh, and it is this person who has now set apart some of his ill-gotten wealth to uh, to set up what what are called uh, what is called the open society uh, foundations and the job of the open society foundations is to fund uh, insurrection, insurrectionist disruptive um, uh, elements and organizations around the world uh, in the name of promoting uh, uh, democracy. So we saw what he what he managed to do or what his people managed to do during the Arab Spring. It it, it was it was something that 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 only left behind a lot of dead people. I mean, it, it did not change the institutions, the organizations of governance. And the system remains the same because that is the way uh, that part of the world is. And every part of the world does not have to be, should not actually be a mirror reflection of uh, America uh, or the West. uh, Which does not mean that there is no freedom there or which doesn't mean that there is no democracy there. Uh, Just because our farmers don't wear jeans and t-shirts does not mean that our farmers are any less free or, or any um, have any fewer rights than the farmers uh, in america or europe so he his purpose is 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 very insidious it is it is uh, with no other uh, uh, thought in mind other than uh, to create disruption to create turmoil to create uh, a, a, a sense of unease and uh, in that turmoil and in that uh, disruption uh, uh, Mr Soros and his people flourish and that is how he has made his billions. So this is a part of his project and, uh, and it's just that he is now targeting India and more specifically uh, Prime Minister Modi and as I told you that uh, these are the people who are uncomfortable with the rise of Prime Minister Modi. they they are they, they are, uh, they are uh, ill at ease. Uh, he George Soros isn't ill at ease with uh, with the Nehru dynasty and the Congress. He's perfectly uh, at ease with them. Uh, he came to India I think in 2009 or whenever and uh, to meet uh, some member of the Nehru clan, who he claims was a great friend of his. Uh, he is very pally with the uh, top leadership of the Congress. Uh, there's uh, this guy called uh, uh, some Mr. Shetty, who, who is vice president of uh, the Open Society Foundations. Uh, and uh, he actually flew down from london to join the bharat jodo, jodo yatra there is evidence of it there is photographic and video evidence of it so why would why would the vice president of the uh, open society foundations <coughs> which is directly <coughs> controlled by george soros um, uh, want to come and join the bharat, bharat jodo yatra what is there in it for them and uh, this is a question which the which the congress needs to answer that uh, wh- why was he there yeah this guy salil shetty and uh, the congress needs to answer why was he there what was he doing there who invited him and uh, there and, and 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 the other details so it it could you know one would be perfectly uh, Uh, justified to ask uh, was Bharat Joro Yatra financed by uh, the Open Society Foundations? Uh, 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 Was there uh, any other kind of support that George Soros was providing? And uh, today when the Congress puts out a statement, we have seen what George Soros has said, but no, thank you, we don't need Soros, we can do it ourselves. Uh, That's only two sort of you know, uh, 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 protect yourself from accusations of uh, other uh, larger uh, collab- uh, collaboration uh, by the Congress uh, with uh, George Soros, as the evidence shows during Bharat Jodo Yatra. Uh, you know, th- these are questions that need to be asked, and Indians should be asking this question i am not i am not saying that the that the government should not be questioned of course go ahead and question the government as much as you wish to but do indians want uh, external intervention in their democracy in their political processes uh, in in elections uh, do they want external elements creating disruption over here social disruption political disruption economic disruption do they want uh, uh, external f- um, forces and when i say forces i mean individuals like uh, uh, george soros uh, who, who who sort of have no other uh, interest other than uh, uh, sort of you know uh, pumping up insurrectionist forces over here with disastrous consequences which we saw it happen during the anti-ca agitations in india now all that didn't happen out of thin air all that didn't happen just because some people thought it was wrong it was it it, there was a lot of organization which went into it there was a toolkit which was at work where did it come from who designed it who funded it
0: so these are some of the questions that, that get revived again. Fair enough, fair enough. But Dada, you know, it is fair to question the government of the day. I, I mean, I have to then ask this question that then the government uh, went ahead and um, I, I'm using a very specific piece of information. So basically following what the BBC did, the government of India use the emergency provisions under the information technology rules 2021 and they issued directions for blocking multiple youtube videos and twitter posts that were sharing links to the uh bbc documentary that is part one so let us first focus on part one and then obviously what has happened in the last two three days is something i wanted to do. so so don't you think uh, this does not uh, uh, uh do you think this was a call for action
1: The IT rules 2021, which have subsequently been amended, uh, they are sovereign rules which flow from sovereign laws of India. And uh, similar rules exist around the world, including in Europe, uh, and uh, other countries are now bringing them in. Because there has to be certain account of amount of accountability there in, in the digital space, there has to be a certain amount of uh, 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 regulatory ac- exercise to keep the internet safe and open. And there has to be a legal uh, instrument to deal with uh, weaponized uh, dis- dis- uh, weaponized malicious disinformation which again is a part of the new information order and which is being increasingly used to target uh, countries target uh, governments and target individuals so uh, the it rules 2021 are are a perfectly legitimate uh, instrument in the hands of the government of india Uh, now comes the application yes there was reason to Block access to the uh, BBC's uh, so called documentary because there was information available with us that the contents may or are are likely to uh, create a law and order situation. Uh, When I say a law and order situation, it actually means uh, inflamed passions uh, among say uh, in this case among Muslims that will that will then sort of you know spin out into a larger uh, violent uh, violent situation uh, the manner it, uh, in which it happened during the anti-CAA protests and uh, surely the government didn't want that to happen. I wouldn't want to go into the specifics of what we knew or what the information available with us was about. But it was definitely a considered decision that the contents of this particular uh, documentary should not be allowed to to sort of create a disruptive situation. And the only way of doing that was to use IT rules 2021 to block the content or block access to the content. Uh, The... Uh, show was aired I mean the the first part was aired the second part was aired uh channel four I think uh, showed it all over the world uh, and uh, so we had a very limited purpose and that was done uh and that and and, and whatever was done was done with a specific reason uh I have just uh, mentioned to you the the uh, broad outlines of the reason uh, or the broad features of the reason which which sort of made us take this action and uh, if your viewers are intelligent they would know they would be able to figure out what prompted the action
0: all right so uh... Then what do we make of, I mean, I, I saw it all over the place, you know, there were attempts in India to still air the documentary, members of parliament, uh, I don't want to take their names, but they were apparently sharing uh, links mm-hmm. on their social media accounts, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, I, I just don't understand uh, the, the what what was that uh, entire thing all about. I mean, well, uh, what would the government's response in that scenario be?
1: No, I mean you can't control uh, Mahua Maitro from uh, uh, screaming all over the place. I mean she is what she is. So if it had not been the BBC documentary, it would have been something else. And uh, if if they take if they get great pleasure in in violating the law, then uh, th- then nothing further can be said. Uh, but look, you have to keep in mind if you have noticed uh, the the leftist students' unions in some of the campuses, not all the campuses, uh, a couple of campuses in Bengal and a couple of campuses in, in, uh, in Delhi and maybe, I think the Hyderabad University campus. So the, the SFI, AISF kind of uh, crowd, they tried to organize these screenings. And uh, uh, the universities by themselves, the university authorities say, uh, made it very clear that uh, they were violating the law by organize, organizing these screenings and they wouldn't, they wouldn't allow the students, the facilities to have these screenings. Ultimately, how many people turned up for the screenings? 20, 25, two dozen, three dozen? And to that extent, the government's purpose has been fulfilled that the people who tried to violate the law were not so large in numbers that it would slip out of control. Or by controlling access to the content, we were able to keep people calm. We were able to control uh, uh, the law and order, and we, we ensured that uh, not many were sort of, you know, uh, um, that not many people t- uh, turned up for these screenings. And we didn't have something similar uh, to the situation just before the Delhi riots, uh, the extremely grim Delhi riots, which were actually fueled by this whole anti-CAA protests. So, to that extent, the government has succeeded and I think the government has done the right thing. The government has done well because the government's primary job, uh, any government's primary job is to maintain law and order. Uh, It is to maintain harmony. It is to maintain peace and it is to sort of ensure there is no disruption. There is no turbulence and definitely there is no violent fallout of of a of something like the bbc documentary
0: okay rather than subsequent to that uh, the income tax department um, uh, conducted uh, what they call a survey operation it is a survey action under section 133a of the income tax act 1961 and obviously they have um, even shared a detailed <laughs> letter today itself just before when we were having a discussion i think two three so just for transparency sake i'm just putting the letter up out from the income tax department of india government of india ministry of Sa, finance department of revenue central board of direct taxes ka, ka ye letter i'm just putting it out there people can refer to us later but again uh, Dada, uh, people will say that oh, the timing of this is very suspect. Why did the government have to do a survey operation right now? Why why was it not done le- previously or uh, at, or at any other time?
1: Well, uh, let me put it in perspective. Between two thousand two and twenty twenty three. The BBC has been extraordinarily hostile to Prime Minister Narendra Modi. They have been vicious. They have been, uh, they have been targeting him for more than two decades now. And yet, the government of Gujarat never acted against them. And after 2014, the government of India never acted against them. Uh, if these raids, or uh, they are not actually raids, the income tax survey, a survey is different from an income tax rate. Uh, the, the survey at BBC's offices in Delhi and Mumbai follow several notices issued by the IT department to BBC on the way they were handling their uh, account keeping. And I, I think if I'm not wrong, 10 such notices were issued and all these notices precede the airing of the documentary. The BBC never came out and gave a reasonable explanation a convincing reply, um, um, a credible response, and uh, the income tax authorities acted by way of going to their offices and surveying their books. Now, there is absolutely no correlation between what the BBC put out by way of a so-called documentary and the action initiated by the Central Board of Direct Taxes through the Income Tax Department. So that that is one part, and and I can keep on repeating this, and you can repeat keep on asking the same question. The answer will be the same. If the government of India had any ill, Ill intention to harass or to or to sort of create a bad situation for BBC, today's statement would not have been issued. And if you read the statement, it it is a very detailed statement as to what were the objections, what were the objectives, what were the objections, and what are the findings. So it's all out there in the public domain. And curiously, the BBC itself has not said anything that remotely suggests that the income tax survey and its documentary uh, are interlinked in any manner. The Their internal memos as uh, Uh, There was a Reuters story yesterday or before yesterday uh, quoting uh, quoting a BBC internal memo as received from London, which said that there should be absolute cooperation. There should be no uh, fudging of facts. There should be no hazing of uh, details and uh, just cooperate with the authorities. There was no suggestion that, look, I know we are under siege, so we must resist. We must fight. And then today, I think there has there was a subsequently today there was a public statement by BBC, and in which they again say that our people are going to collaborate uh, to cooperate with the authorities that we will be uh, will be only too happy to uh, provide all the details that may further be required, and we hope for an early closure to the issue. Now that is fine. Now the BBC has been. Uh, found to be fiddling with figures even earlier too. in 2009 2010 the income tax department asked them to revise their um, uh, returns because it was found they had uh, they had not disclosed all details so for want of uh, lack of disclosures the returns which they were submitted were were not acceptable. Subsequently, BJ, uh, BBC went to the Delhi High Court, and on grounds of a mere technicality, the Income Tax authorities, uh, their their files had one piece of paper which was missing. The BBC got off the hook, and and the and and the order made it clear that this is a technical reason and not for any other reason. And just because of a technical reason, if they get off the hook, does not mean that they can. Uh, they can they can violate uh, taxation laws with impunity just because they are a media house or a global media house. And uh, you you would know that even in uh, Britain the BBC, there was a massive massive investigation, a very big investigation into how BBC cuts corners with the taxation laws of Britain and uh, they, they avoid paying taxes. In this particular case, they asked regular employees to, uh, they offboarded regular employees into becoming uh, freelance journalists. And, and they, each of them was told to open a front company and their fees were paid into the company. And the reason was that the BBC would not have to pay insurance tax. Uh, and, 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 and the BBC journalists receiving payments from BBC would not have to pay tax because the money was being paid into the accounts of the companies they had opened. So this was the scale of tax evasion by BBC in their home country. And and, uh, the the, the total was estimated to be around 12 million pounds, which BBC had to keep aside uh, on their account books to pay as penalties and back taxes. So BBC has a history, has a record of tax fiddles uh, and mind you the government of india is not dealing with bbc.com uh, government of india is not de- dealing with uh, uh, bbc uh, news uh, <coughs> service government of india is dealing with two private companies bbc world india private limited and bbc i have the name with me somewhere here uh, B- It is BBC Global News India Private Limited. So these are these are private firms. These are these are foreign firms which are registered in India. So why should they get preferential treatment? Why should uh, why should they get uh, why should they be treated differently from other foreign firms operating out of India?
0: so so in such a scenario what i find very interesting in this entire episode is that uh, people call india names for taking whatever actions uh, and uh, what what i find interesting is i remember an indian channel i think it was the republic tv that was fined and uh, subsequently stopped uh, for a while and then uh, you know the western world has clearly shut down russian uh, rt uh, which is the Russian state uh, news channel. Uh but so uh, so how how does one uh, deal with such kind of a hypocrisy? No,
1: there, there is you know, at one level it is hypocrisy, and at another level, all these sort of sayings into the new information order where RT will be sort of you know denied any space by labeling it as uh, state media or, or propaganda media and if rt is propaganda media then what is bbc every story of bbc has a propaganda element attached to it every bbc story the hashtag is hashtag propaganda so why should bbc be given a certain degree of protection which RT is not given. Why is it that Germany bans RT and unleashes DW onto the world? And, that, and DW in many ways is way more cruder than RT. So German state media is fine, but Russian state media is not fine. British state media is fine, but Chinese state media is not fine. Voice of America is God's gift, God's voice for the world. But all India radio is state propaganda. So, you know, one could one could go on and on and on about it. Look, Kushal, I mean, someone from The Guardian called me to ask similar questions. And I said, you know, all, all the answers that I'm giving to you, I told the Guardian journalist, The all the answers I'm giving to you are sourced from reports published in the Guardian. The Guardian has done extensive coverage on the kind of reportage BBC does, the kind of amorality it shows towards financial... Uh, Management and 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 how fake news <coughs> is increasingly BBC's staple, <coughs> um, and and I mean entire books have been written. One is called the Noble Liar, uh, the other is called Fake News Factory. I mean these are books which have entire books written on the rubbish which BBC puts out day in day out. and when i on the first day itself i, I had said that uh, this so called documentary is wild propaganda and people took offense to it i said yes of course it is wild propaganda now i will so, i will just i will just round it off with one comment sure the bbc's special projects and and this so called documentary was a special project they are allowed to mobilize external funding for their special projects i think the bbc if it has any integrity (coughs) if it has any sense of ethics the bbc should come out with a full explanation of who funded the modi documentary and i'm saying this for a particular reason i have i have certain information and hence i am raising this question i would want bbc to come clean and make a make an incontrovertible statement and i don't mean uh, some journalist of bbc or some uh, fellow traveler of BBC or uh, Karam Thapar. Uh, I don't mean them. I mean, BBCs, those who run BBC, they should come out with a statement and that statement should show where did the money to produce the two-part documentary come from. A full account of that should be provided. If they did not take even a single penny of external funding, let them say that. If they have taken external funding, I'm not interested in the amount they have taken, but I I, I think they owe an explanation as to where, which institution, which organization or which individual gave
0: them that money. I highly doubt they would give that answer. The if they don't give it,
1: that answer, they don't have a leg to stand on. And I'm sorry, I mean, that only shows that the, that the documentary which they have produced lacks credibility.
0: Fair enough. Now, Dada, I'll ask a few of our viewer questions. So, what do you make of this entire, uh, you know, there was the, the Soro statement, the BBC documentary, then. Uh, many other things that have uh, come across with that, and uh, and now we are. The timing of it seems a little too in you know convenient to me, and I'm mixing a few questions over here. So, do you think uh, uh, it is a coincidence that because India is having an election in 2024, and uh, you know everybody, all in sundry, has kind of become uh, very active suddenly? and all these attacks from different sides, you know, um, have started coming in? Uh,
1: Kushal, uh, a very quick reply. Yes, uh, that is not a coincidence. We'll see similar such attacks on the government, on India uh, uh, as the G20 year unfolds. And definitely uh, people will sort of uh, step on the accelerator. Uh, uh, as the 2024 election approaches. So, uh, we, we are very clear on that. Kushal, I really need to go. There is a 9.30 call which is happening.
0: No problem, Dada. We 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 will wrap it up. Uh, bhi, most of the questions were about this. But uh, Dada, thank you very much for coming. I really appreciate that I you. You never say no to me. No, no, it is always a
1: pleasure. It is always a pleasure because... Uh, uh, one can one can actually have a real conversation with you
0: so, so, so thank you very much Dada and guys we will uh, wrap uh, today's discussion up uh, i promise you i'll get dada one once again <laughs> thode ke baad, aur tabhi aur questions no. dada <laughs> so we'll we to do it yeah. So we'll wrap it up guys. Uh, as always, yeah, you can follow Kanchinda on Twitter and you can, uh, I've also l- left a, a link of all his uh, old articles, new articles, if you want to read them uh, over there. And if you want to f- support the Charvak podcast, I would highly recommend you guys to subscribe to the channel, like this video, leave your comments in the comment section. And uh, <clears throat> If possible, become a member of the Charvak podcast. This is a member-only driven podcast. I only survive because of membership. uh, And uh, as far as I'm concerned, this is how this podcast runs. Not through any other means. So please support me through the membership program. Fanmo, more youtube patreon wherever you want to go and if you want to buy the merchandise you can go to kushalmera.com i will see you guys next time until then namaste take care bye